Hello mercenaries, this is Carolyn and you are listening to Merc News. After endless struggle and bloodshed, the united forces of the inner sphere pushed back the clans. Their stories will be recorded in history and told throughout the galaxy. However, the attack has come to a sudden halt this week after clans received massive reinforcements. Clan Smoke Jaguar has charged into the Draconis Combine, annihilating everything in their path, led by the Smoke Hatters. Clan Smoke Jaguar is now dangerously close to the capital planet. Curita leaders are being evacuated and a state of distress has been issued. It is predicted that Clan Ghost Bear will also return to Curita territory soon. Violence between Rasselhog and Clan Ghost Bear has become a scene of pure terror and brutality. Clan Ghost Bear arrived in full force without warning and units defending the capital planet of Rasselhog were eradicated within days. The FRR continues to press against Clan Wolf with smaller units while their best forces defend against Clan Ghost Bear. The battle between Rasselhog and Ghost Bear has become one of the bloodiest battles we have seen. Clan Jade Falcon has also returned in their invasion of the Lyran Commonwealth. Led by Jade Falcon Prime and Kel's commandos the clan is reclaiming the planets they last in the counter-attack. Units defending House Steiner seem to have disappeared and only small groups remain to hold back the clans. Jade Falcon focuses all of their units on one planet and swiftly overpowers defending forces. However, little has been heard from Clan Wolf as they are pushed far back. Some say they have been pushed into submission while others fear they are buying their time for a second invasion. Even Clan Ghost Bear seems to ignore them as they move past Wolf and invade Steiner territory. On the Southern Front, Merrick has begun a war campaign against Houses Steiner and Evian. They invade planets day by day. Many ask what their true motive is for this campaign. The clan invasion has been a boon to the free worlds as they manufacture and sell units and war material to the other powers. It seems they have used these earnings to buff their military. They are consuming planets and resources along their borders to establish themselves as a superior power. Their success is due in part by the Black Widow Company, who has become one of the most dangerous units in the inner sphere. On a lighter note the Beer Warrior Merc group has reportedly brought booze and festivities to every planet they visit. Ships full of pirated booze and food have been brought to multiple planets. Kirkbach has become a major beer supplier after the Beer Warriors took it from Clan Wolf. Join us next week and keep up to date on all things in the Inner Sphere and Merc status. My name is Carolyn and this has been Merc News. News is a Beer Warriors production. Check them out at beerwarriors.net. This episode is brought to you by the Aces Mercenary Unit. From casual pug groups to full 12-man community warfare drops, Aces may have what you're looking for. For more information or just to say hi, visit aces-hq.com or drop in on their channel on the NGNG Outreach Team Speak 3 server today. If your unit would like to sponsor a podcast, contact me at bombadil at nogutsnogalaxy.net. All right, guys, welcome. My name is Phil from No Guts, No Galaxy, and I just want to say welcome to another town hall meeting with Russ Bullock, president of Peronic Games and makers of Mecha Online. Quick shout out to everyone who's helping behind the scenes tonight, including Deadfire, Wingbreaker, and other members of the NGNG crew. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your night for helping with this. Also, shout out to all of you who are joining us live, and we hope you enjoy the discussion and look forward into the future of MWO. I'm joined tonight by Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. How are you doing tonight, Darren? 
I am doing great. Thank you. Uh, really looking forward to hearing more about the future development of community warfare, as are a lot of us, uh, as well as other exciting insights Russ has in store for us tonight, hopefully. On that note, uh, Russ has joined us tonight to discuss various topics within MechWarrior Online, including the newly launched community warfare, in-game voice communication, faction chat, Q-info, call to arms, new maps, uh, his thoughts on 4v4, single-player single PvE, and a lot more based on all of the questions that you have already submitted. We have gathered many, many pages of questions from you over the last few days, uh, but if you'd like to submit questions live, post them in chat, and they'll be added to the list in order of relevance and uniqueness. There are always a lot of repeat and overlapping questions, and we're limited by time. So if we don't get to your questions, please understand, and hopefully we'll get to your questions next time. A quick disclaimer, although we are not censoring any of your questions, some have been shortened or modified in order to make them easier to read and understand without losing the context of the original point, hopefully. Uh, tonight's chat will be moderated, so please keep it civil and don't be rude. And without further ado, let's get started. How are you doing tonight, Russ? Doing great. Glad to be back. Happy New Year, New Year everybody. Uh, glad to be at the first town hall for this year. And uh, let's get started. Let's get all the questions in we can. There's lots of information to share. Absolutely. Phil, you want to take the first? Yeah, let's do it. 2015, here we go. We've got uh, yeah. Tychorius Davion. He says, when will we see improvements to MWO's experience, such as UI 2.0, or I think what he's referring to, 2.1, 2.2, new player experience, VoIP, and global faction chats? Uh, that's like a lot of topics. Can you <laughs> one, one, one let's, question? Let's do, yeah, let's do new player experience first. Uh, that's the first question, eh? That's like the number one subject on everyone's mind. Well, it, it, within that question, he's also bringing up UI. So I, I'm sure you want to say something about UI, uh, voiceover or, or voice chat in game and uh, faction chat. I know you have things to uh, comment on VoIP and faction chat if you want to start with that. Yeah, okay. I can, I can start with that. Um, I can tell everybody that a couple... Designers have been working pretty much full time now for the past uh, oh, month plus leading up to Christmas, and you know, and since we've been back with um, creating a you know a completely new, and updated uh, design for the, the front end user interface. Now, you know, I, don't, I want everyone to take that with a grain of salt because that is. A significant amount of work, and it's one of the most dis difficult tasks to get right in, in any game. And obviously, MechWarrior Online has a very complex um, learning curve and very complex user interface. And you've heard me say it too, and it admittedly state that maybe the one large blemish in 2014 was UI2. It's just not good enough, and it's gone through quite a bit of improvements in kind of the middle part of 2014. They made it quite a bit better, but there's still lots of it that needs to be better yet. But right now the big risk is really centered around, you know, do we undertake the kind of effort it takes to completely revamp and completely restart? Or do we improve and rewrite aspects of it? Now, stepping back, the design is um, a complete design, meaning it's not just um, you know updating MechLab. That's certainly a part of it. So you can think of a 
you know, Smurfy style, uh, fully functioning mech lab. That's really where we started. And then it was just very natural to, from there, um, you know, realize that there's a lot of ways we can do pilot uh, skills and, you know, mech trees and all those other trees and integrate it into um, other environments more efficiently than where it is currently. So then, then it just quickly balloons from there, right? It's like, you do that, and then you do that, and then it's like, well, let's rework the entire thing for a first-time user experience, and so you do all that, and next thing you know, you're sitting on top of such a lengthy, complex design that you're scared shitless to try and actually undertake all the work. So we have a meeting scheduled on Monday um, to decide an exact course of action. So this is certainly not something that like, hey, guys, you know, middle patch in February, it's all there. It's going to take a while. Uh, we we can we can try to prioritize a couple aspects of it, like um, the mech lab in particular, because that's one of the I guess uh, main things that our player base has been waiting on for a while now. And then after that, of course, you might naturally talk about um, first-time user experience for um, you know a growing product and going to things like Steam and stuff and expecting a lot of players to show up that you don't want to be lost. And of course, a brand new tutorial becomes a a major part of that as well. So I guess that's how I'll summarize that aspect around the UI is that um, next step, big meeting on Monday to go over an entire presentation uh, from the design team and we'll certainly have feedback on it. So again, it's not imminent, but um, we have a complete uh, you know, design present and there you go. So maybe uh, you could move on to one of the other subjects, but that's that's how I'd answer that one. Sure. No, that's great for uh, UI 2.0. Um, he also asked about VoIP and Faction Chat. Uh, definitely both of those. Well, Faction Chat is more based towards uh, community warfare. VoIP could cross the, between both uh, or all forms of gameplay. Do you want to touch on either of those? Well, yeah. So um, VoIP is, is certainly uh, something that we've been talking about for a long time. And it certainly has the potential to help out in a lot of different areas, right? I mean, first off, just think of public queues. Um, you got your group, a larger group, mid-sized group, and you've got a bunch of other random pugs making up the rest of the group. Now you have a way to, you know, press a key and to talk to them and say, hey, guys, you know, the plan is we're going left. And, you know, and, and um, general communication, if there's an entire group of solos, like in the solo queue, then... They have a way of talking to their team. So that's great. And then moving on to community warfare, um, this really coincides with um, grouping with your faction members, but we'll save that subject for later. But uh, you will have the ability now to talk to random players as well on your team to try and coordinate them a little bit. So timing is the part that's exciting here. Um, it's already working in-house. It's done. The part that isn't done is implementing some UI functionality so that you can mute a player, um, and, you know, some of those things that you turn it off, you know, the chat channel or the, uh, excuse me, the some people might choose to turn it off. We have to give all the options to players to, you know, mute certain players. So the design for that work is done and the actual VoIP itself is working. So we hope to start the production of the UI aspects um, within days. So it'll probably make a patch in February, which is pretty exciting. I mean, uh, it's right now not lined up to be part of February 3rd. I don't I think that's low possibility, but the one after that, I think you can call it 
probable. So it's going to make one a fairly soon patch, good chance of February, if not right after that. So you're you're coming up on uh, on VoIP pretty quickly here. So that's um, a really nice surprise, I think, that we can finally get that in the game and everyone can take advantage of it. And it should make a big difference for and just all the things I talked about. Yeah, that's actually huge. Now, Phil and I found out about this a few days ago, and it actually surprised us that it was that far along in development and coming that soon to the game. Um, would you mind, can you can you mention any specifics as far as like what type of VoIP it is or, or anything like that? What client? Well, um, we or no. are, well, I, I guess I can. I mean, right now it looks to be um, the TeamSpeak SDK. So we were researching a secondary option, which is uh, Vivox, which is integrated in some other products and, uh, you know, the C3 client even, which was Vivox. But then, you know, games like World of Tanks and a few others, they have, that's what's integrated in there. So it's a great solution too. It's good technology. Um, That company's gone through some changes and they look to be, you know, a very viable option. But I think TeamSpeak right now, it looks like, you know, that's the one that you're going to play with because it just seems to be the right solution for for our size of game. Uh, it, you know, it should be a perfect solution for us. So um, can't go wrong with it, right? We're all talking on TeamSpeak right now. Everyone's familiar with it. But just so everyone's clear, it's not TeamSpeak like, you know, uh, TeamSpeak 3, like the separate standalone client. It's a TeamSpeak SDK, so it's completely integrated within the product and totally hidden. You just... Only thing you'll have really is a key binding inside of the menu, and you just press the key and talk. So um, you can certainly continue to use Teamspeak for your own, you know, unit and drops. But again, if you want to communicate with those that aren't part of your actual unit or group, then uh, you can use the in-game client or in-game in uh, VoIP functionality. Excellent. And then the the final aspect of his question: um, Well, we know faction grouping is coming. Um, so his question is faction chat. Uh, I'm assuming that's a UI thing as well, but, uh, can you tell us anything about faction grouping and faction chat? Right. So faction grouping is going to be available this coming Tuesday, January 20th. So that's awesome. But, um, right out the gate, it's going to be, uh, I guess relatively sort of, you know, hidden to users because, um, you'd ask yourself like, well, how do I know who to invite into my uh, you know, my group, you know, unless they're on your friends list or whatnot, you can't because there's no um, faction chat, um, looking for group window, etc. So you kind of be limited to those that you know in your friends list already. Uh, you play a match and you see a couple solo, you know, uh, faction members uh, in that in that match. You can, of course, reach out to them after and, and invite them to your group. So there still will be some challenges out the gate as far as exactly how you find those people. Um, except units that are friendly with each other, of course, and you know each other, and some of your guys have logged late at night, and you can then, you know, uh, talk to each other and and form up and you know form a few smaller groups into one larger one. So it will definitely help. It'll have its benefits, but I think the feature that's going to tie it together, of course, is um, the faction chat. And the faction chat functionality is in a very similar situation to VoIP. It's finished. The guys on from a you know, back-end perspective, I've coded it and we can do it. It's just now a matter of the UI and what's the design and how we limit it. Um, as you can imagine, there was a lot of concern about just going full-on global faction chat um, and, you know, just having it, everyone able to go in there and just spam it. So there needs to be some design around 
how do you limit the number of messages that can be sent? How do you limit spam? How do you um, perhaps even go a little bit further and um, limit exactly who can chat in that thing? So that design is, you know, within a day of being complete as well. And then we can, so very similar to uh, VoIP. Um, do we have a chance at seeing it in February? Yeah, I think there's a very reasonable chance of seeing it in, in February. So very similar situation. I'm not promising it in February, but it'll be close. Excellent. Um, well, thank you, uh, Tychorius Davion, for your questions. Phil, you want to take the next one? All right. Next question we have is, how is the optimization of the game going currently in regards to UI and HUD or FPS in general? And I think this is in regards to uh, just overall, but also community warfare, people reporting and experiencing very low FPS uh, to the point where, you know, they can't really play at all. Um, FPS. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, yeah. Um, community warfare is... Um, a lot more expensive than um, the regular public matches. And uh, right now we're trying to figure out why. Um, you might think that it's all the mechs, uh, but it doesn't seem to be. So unfortunately, I'm not going to have a great answer for you on this uh, podcast, just saying that you know it's a priority to um, profile and optimize uh, community warfare matches as soon as possible. I mean, if you can... You can correct me if you if you're thinking that uh, you know it's in general the game even like regular public matches because um, we're not definitely not at the moment priority wise focused on regular um, public matches uh, from my own testing it's uh, those matches with a lot of the optimizations and things that we did for community warfare um, I think are even running a little bit faster than they did prior to community warfare but community warfare itself is um, significantly slower and. Uh, right now, it's just all we can say is we're uh, we're working on it, but we don't have a fix uh, planned or scheduled just yet. All right. I do want to use this time real quick as well to let people know that if there are questions somewhat like this one uh, that can't specifically be answered by Russ, maybe it needs an engineer or uh, you know somebody with specific skill set or knowledge, uh, we will uh, look into that and try and get the question answered within a couple days of uh, posting this up on YouTube and SoundCloud and so forth. So we're going to try and get these questions if it's possible answered. Um, well, I had a question uh, in mm -hmm. regards to that, Russ, and this has been brought up multiple times by the community. And I think even sometimes uh, your staff uh, scale form, the UI in the game, the, the performance hit, if you turn on and turn off is pretty dramatic. And obviously that will continue to be an issue. Um, have you guys looked at possibly replacing uh, the use of that technology scale form and replacing it with something else? I, I feel I can't answer that tonight. You know, I just, unfortunately, it's the same. It's the same question, really. We're we're profiling. We're trying to figure out where the frames are. And you're right. You turn off the HUD, whatever, it speeds up. But, you know, it doesn't really help us until we know exactly why. Um, anything else made around scale form, whatever, is mostly assumptions. I mean, it's true the fact that it's slower. And uh, right now, the only thing I've heard um, solidly is that there are aspects of the HUD. Um, let's just take, for example, like the little Dorito that pops up, uh, you know, on targets and such. There's no particular reason we have to draw something like that with scale form. So basically, you know, we can look to swap some of those things out to more traditional code implementations of the user interface so that um, it'll become faster. So uh, right now, our only real initiative is to 
perhaps trade some things that currently use Scaleform and uh, program them more more low level, I guess, you would, as you would say. And so that that should definitely, we should see improvements doing that. Yeah. And as I mentioned, we will try and follow up on some of these questions um, as well as maybe, you know, the next Mex devs and beer will have the appropriate devs on to ask some of these questions and get more in-depth answers. Um, the next question comes from Drake Hunter. His question is 30 plus minutes for matches referring to community warfare. Are there plans to fix this? Well, I wish you would have been a little more specific because first thing I thought of was like a 30 minute game timer, but I don't think that's what he's referring to, right? He's referring queue to queue time. Sounds like queue times. Well, yeah, I think um, we've already announced a lot of things that we're doing to fix it. I mean, would we like to talk about any of those things in particular? You know, things that we've already mentioned in the, in the roadmap as far as, you know, what we're doing to um, improve matchmaking and queue times. Should I just jump into it all randomly or what do you think? Um, yeah, I, actually, I mean, because we've discussed a few of these things. I, I know that there is some stuff coming that's going to help immediately. So, yeah, might as well just jump in and random talk about some of the things that are going to help with queue times. This is actually one of the most uh, brought up uh, issues with community warfare at the time at, at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's... um. Let's get it in there and say that, uh, first off, um, I think we need to, you know, put things into perspective here a little bit and that, um, you know, right now, of course, there's a lot of angst. Um, it just in the last week or so, things kind of like, oh, my God, like, you know, things are terrible and falling apart. Uh, but we need to remember that, you know, just like a month ago or so, it was like nothing but excitement and like wow, you know, this is amazing, so fun, good job. This is just like, wow, wow, wow. And I expected this completely because this is exactly how things work. And I, I tried to stress, you know, basically like, you know, this is beta and it's not, I think we're onto something here that's that's great. It's a game changer. It's incredibly fun. I think it's the base for what can become you know, legendary as far as, you know, MechWarrior gaming, you know, of all time. But there wasn't a lot of content there. So, you know, people have gotten through the content now. Um, and uh, even though we're like, what, a little less than a month still into the beta for Community Warfare, um, people are, you know, starting to get a little bit anxious about things. And I just wanted to say, like, it was never the intention that, you know, the initial phase this initial phase of, you know, planetary conquest that it would completely and utterly, you know, replace all previous aspects of MechWarrior Online immediately as soon as it went live. But I know for a lot of players, that's really what it's done because it's it's different, it's unique, it's, uh, you know, funner than going back and playing the, you know, original um, public queue and, and group queue that they've been playing for so long. So you know, I completely understand that. But, you know, let's uh, keep it in perspective and know that we haven't... Um, it didn't just become, you know, uh, no good in the last month. What happened is, you know, we've caught up with the content. The content's been consumed, and now we're working as fast as we possibly can to get out as much content as we can. So I totally expected this would happen. We really had no chance whatsoever uh, to be able to keep up with the, you know, voracious ap appetite of the uh, community. Having said that, uh, you know, the first day back, it was like, you know, triage meetings like I alluded to, and then... Uh, listing off exactly what we're going to do to make uh, the game better and queue times. There's a number of things we're working on. So let's just jump into that. And uh, a lot of these things are coming January 20th. So, I mean, first off, 
Um, we've already mentioned a few, so let's talk about that. We there's um, uh, grouping with any members of your faction. So um, to Drake, it should help. Um, if you have, you know, friends on your friends list, there's the more people that you can uh, group with, uh, the better. So that's something that should help uh, come January 20th. Uh, the other things that are coming is the first off, I think the biggest one is the improvement to the call to arms. So this is a good opportunity to explain how that works. Um, the initial design, which was a good thought at the time, was, hey, you know, people are going to be fighting on this planet. So as soon as some battles start happening there, we just need to, you know, draw everyone's attention to that planet. So the way the call to arms works was as soon as uh, any 12-mana strike team, you know, attacking or defending um, kicks off a match, we're going to send out a call to arms. So what mostly happened was you'd have a whole bunch of 12 men, especially now when you guys um, in the evenings are fighting over the most contested planets. There's could be hundreds of you know players per side fighting on that planet. And the 12 men just continually bump into each other nonstop. And there's constantly call to arms going out. So what happens is you'd click on the call to arms and you'd you know go straight into that lobby and there's really no need for that call to arms to go out. I mean, those 12 men just have already kicked off. They're continuing to kick off, and you're just sitting there hoping and waiting that you know enough players show up. So the big change to call to arms is that, first off, in those busy situations, whenever a strike team kicks off a match, it's going to wait 20 seconds first before it sends out a call to arms. If two strike teams find each other and kick off, then there's no call to arms. But if a strike team is there and they're there for, um, what is it? I think it's, uh, yeah, 20 seconds goes by and there isn't a, another strike team that shows up, then um, that's when a call to arms is going to go out because it legitimately needs players, right? There isn't anyone to fight against. And the idea is that we won't, we don't want to fight a, have a 12 VO or an auto win situation. So this is a legitimate case where a call to arms will go out. So now you as a player who actually click on the, call to arms and get sent there, um, your chances of finding a match are now very good. Um, unless you're the 13th person that clicks on it, then potentially you've missed the opportunity. But it's going to be far more functional, the call to arms, than it used to be. Beyond that, it's also going to continue to send the call to arms out, I believe, every 30 seconds that not enough players have shown up to compete against that strike team. And I think even after it gets within five minutes of an auto win, the call to arms are going to take on a little more urgency. So the side benefit of this is that it should reduce the number of auto wins that are happening, even though that number is quite low. It's um, down to around 12% of matches in a day. And during those peak hours of the planet flip, it's uh, significantly lower than that, maybe one per planet during the final few hours. So, But it should reduce that even further. It should be fairly difficult for an auto win situation to happen unless all the members of that opposing faction just, you know, uh, literally ignore the call to arms. So first thing I would do, say to Drake here is, um, if you've trained yourself to kind of ignore the call to arms because it never worked for you, uh, start using them again. They should they should be meaningful and they should help. So um, what else can I tell you about uh, call to arms or, or as far as helping QInfo? That might cover the January 20th patch, but the following patch, um, people are working what I call in the roadmap, the Q info. 
So I won't take very long to describe this because it's a lot of information. It's a lot of UI work. Essentially, if you remember some of the UI changes we made in one of the hot fixes before Christmas that added the ghost players uh, lining up inside the lobby and also added um, the numbers on the planet finder. It's it's more of that type of work, but it's you know probably ten times uh, more significant than those changes. Just lots of UI work where it'll tell you when you go to a planet, it'll actually show if all 15 zones already have a battle going on it, you'll be able to see the little swords and shields in all 15. It means there's already a battle happening everywhere. So if you're in a 12 man showing up and there's already a battle in all 15 zones, you're going to be wait. You're going to wait in queue. And it's even going to show you the queue and if there's how many of these strike teams are lined up. Um, and so you might have an idea at that point, like, well, we might as well go fight uh, on the other planet because, you know, this one's full up and our team's got this covered. And uh, it's going to make you m much more efficient as a unit and as a faction to, um, you know, send your players where they're going to be of most use rather than just sitting in queue. Uh, to everyone's queuing up in the last few hours hoping to get the planet where you might discover it's just not necessary. You, uh, There's plenty of players there and uh, you may as well take your unit to another planet. So that queue info stuff can't be underestimated as well. It's going to be really big. Um, and that's going to help your solo players as well. Um, the call to arms windows and seeing that queue, you're going to be able to see how many, um, you know, if you should basically, if you should stick around or not. So I think that's what I'll, I think that's, uh, you know, what I'll offer Drake at this point. So, you know, it's going to take a lot of work through it. This is, this is months worth of work. It's not just a matter of, um, you know, reading one form post and then, you know, creating all the fixes. Uh, I think everyone appreciates that. And I know there was a big thread on Reddit, and um, I want to let everyone know that we have been reading the forums and we have been reading uh, the threads coming up on Reddit, and I've had the designers go through all those posts and basically say, read this whole thing, take notes. What are we already addressing in our upcoming patches? What aren't we addressing? Um, we've made those notes. So first priority is to get through these patches that we've got lined up and all these fixes, and then we'll continue to reassess as well as look at the things that we haven't done yet and just continue to make improvements. But again, it's only been a little less than four weeks of beta and half of that was a Christmas break. And so we're looking at maybe a two work weeks, you know, of beta time. So um, sorry, I know that might sound like an excuse, but it's just reality and we're working on as fast as we can. Excellent. Thank you for but the maybe uh, I questions. Just, maybe we should just finish again and say, look, you know, it's going to take a few months to, to get this really polished up. And so don't think of it as, you know, the be-all replacement of, you know, the only mode in MechWarrior. You're going to have to spend some time in, you know, regular group queue and public queue. And we're going to have some weekend events again. And, um, you know, as we improve this, so it's not just about waiting around. And actually, sorry, Darren, I think, I think mm -hmm. there is another thing worth mentioning as sure. far as game time. So it's also about... Um, the three ceasefires, right? That's a really significant change. And I know there's been a lot of opinions um, on, you know, whether that's going to be great or not, or whether it's going to work out. Um, I definitely think it's worth trying. So I'll try to uh, run you guys through the mindset real quickly of how that thing went down. Uh, so we come back from Christmas and we know that one of our biggest concerns is that, um, you know, you've got a 24 hour battle window. You have, maybe the last three or four hours of that one battle window that are really meaningful. 
and therefore all of our players in Europe, Oceanus, and just there's a significant amount of our players, you know, greater than 50% that are just not participating in community warfare because, you know, they really can't base in their time zone. And so we had to handle that. And our first idea was um, to create, you know, three different uh, ceasefires or three different competitive uh, moments. And you remember our original design, we had, we actually had battle windows, which I think would have worked out pretty well. Um, you know, two or three hours that really, when the community warfare turns on for each of those uh, time zones. But, you know, we didn't want to get to a situation where we were um, taking away functionality that we've already granted players, meaning um, taking away the ability to play community warfare throughout the day if they want to. So we, we said, no, we have to keep, we're going to keep this thing running all day because I think it's smarter for us to continue to add more and more and more depth and robustness and ways of playing community warfare uh, than taken away from it this early on. So the next idea was one that I really liked was, well, I should back up a bit. One of the first idea was having a rotating uh, battle window. So you, instead of being 24 hours, you offset it. You say, well, it's 27 hours or something. So each day it slowly moves and slowly moves and slowly moves. But again, that came down to telling a lot of our players, all of them in some ways, and in particular North American players that have been, you know, playing community work for the most since launch and saying, well, it's, you know, it's not going to line up for you very often. In fact, it's going to be kind of like chasing a moon calendar, you know, once every 28 days, it, you know, lines up perfectly. And we could have found ways, I'm sure, to make it a little more uh, effective than that. But no, that that wasn't going to work. I didn't like the idea of basically saying, you know, maybe once a week it's going to line up with your, uh, you know, peak playing hours and you know, in your time zone. So the next idea was take the 35 planets we have and divide them up into maybe 15 for North America, 15 for Europe, and uh, half a dozen or so for Oceanic. But again, you're starting to limit people. You're saying, well, if you happen to live in North, you know, Pacific time zone and you happen to be House Curita, this particular day you may not even have an attack planet in Davian in your time zone because remember our current number of planets that we battle over are what we consider at the moment the minimum we can have because it's only just one planet per border per faction that you can attack and one to defend and that right now ranges between 35 and 37 on average depending on the borders of the planets so I didn't like that either and then the the final solution that I got pretty excited about actually after after thinking about it was the one we're currently doing. So there is, um, oh, so I guess there was one more prior to that, and that's to get basically 110 planets at any given moment are contestable, 35 per time zone, or 35 per each of the three you know time zones we've mentioned, and they're all available for 24 hours uh, each one. But I didn't like the thought of how many more uh, potential auto wins and those sort of things um, that could happen. I think obviously the 35 to 37 is is definitely as, as many as we want to have. It's as many as we can as we can handle, and we have to we can't be going and having 110 at any given moment. So the final one was really about taking 35 planets that we have currently, 35 to 37, one for border perfection, and separating that out into uh, separating that out into three eight-hour chunks essentially seven hours and 20 minutes and then 40 minutes ceasefire now what i like about it is yes in the end you still have you know 35 times three so 
you know, over 100 planets in a 24-hour period, you do have the opportunity for each, not only each region to have a very meaningful moment for them, but you've also increased the number of hours that matter in a day from those three to four up to three to four times three. So as much as nine to 12 hours a day are gonna be very meaningful out of the 24. I think that's a very meaningful improvement right there. Also, I mean, the time zones do overlap fairly well for certain players. I mean, if you're um, 6 a.m. On the, on the Pacific coast, if you happen to be an early riser and you're up, you can participate in the final matches leading up to you know, the oceanic flip or you know, two in the afternoon, you're off for lunch or you're in the east coast and you get off work at four, you could, three or four in the afternoon because you work early. You can actually participate in the European flip and then participate in your own in the evening. So I think there's a lot more opportunity for players in all different time zones based on their work schedule and on the weekends too to participate in not just one planet flip, but participate into two or maybe even all three of the planet flip periods. And I don't think people should start thinking, oh my goodness, like we're gonna have 100 planet flipping a day. Right now we only have, you know, I think we eight was the most we ever had. Um, so in four might be more the average. So maybe instead of four flipping a day, it ends up being as many as eight, 10, 12 in a total 24 hour period and having potentially people all around the world participating in two or even all three of those flip periods. So. I, I, I like it right now. I think um, it's worth a shot. I think it'll, when when you hear about some of our other ideas uh, when it comes to uh, ways of doing smaller, like 4v4, even uh, 1v0, like 1v PVE, and some of the other longer term plans that will even continue to fill out those gaps even further. So just think of it like when it's not part of those 9 to 12 hours that 12 mans are flipping uh, planets. Maybe there's uh, four-man scout teams, you know, going deeper behind enemy lines, you know, completing missions that aren't necessarily about flipping planets. So just keep that in mind and think about the depth that you can just go deeper and deeper to fulfill all the other hours surrounding the important planet flipping times. So there's a lot there. And I think, it, I think it's the right move to not cut away from community warfare and limit the number of planets or limit... Um, anything but to just continue forging ahead with better queue info, better call to arms, uh, better grouping, better communication through VoIP, and the increasing of game modes and objectives that can be completed outside of 12-man planet flipping um, time windows. Done. <laughs> that was a that was a huge answer, but very detailed. So Drake Hunter, hopefully that, that answered your question. Uh, Phil, you want to so, take us in somewhere there? in there? There was an answer somewhere. Yes. But uh, all right, uh, Russ. Next question. Now we have two that are sort of very similar. We have Spiral Face and um, Verger. Uh, um, basically, ask uh, what your roadmap looks like for 2015. Obviously, you already talked about UI. To, uh, UI. You've talked uh, a little bit about new player experience. Um, but there's other things like role warfare, game modes, heat scale, all that. Obviously, those are multiple different things. But if we were to just bunch them together, what is your roadmap looking like? Um, maybe not for the entire year, but maybe the next six months, something like that? I don't know if I'm going to try and push out that far. Um, you know, we've there's there's definitely plenty of opportunity here to say, you know, we're going to do everything. 
You know, we're going to have single player. We're going to have Solaris. We're going to have all these things. Um, we'll try to get done as much as we possibly can. But you just heard me spout off, uh, I mean, at least, you know, a couple months worth of work just in the um, everything that's been mentioned from QInfo to VoIP to, you know, faction chatting, um, further improvements in all those areas. So that's, you know, February, if not the majority of February. If we try to look at a little bit further, um, I definitely think we need to look at increasing more modes in, in, into community warfare. And and I mentioned, uh, you know, 4v4. It's just on the drawing board right now. But good news is it, it wouldn't take too long to implement something like that. And I don't know what that looks like yet, but I think everyone here can see the wisdom in saying, if you can expand uh, those that can participate in community warfare from not just 12 men's, but groups of four and lances, scout lances, and the map of the inner sphere is right there. I mean, it's our, it's like the best storytelling device we could ever hope for. It's There's no limit to how many planets can flash with special opportunities for different sizes and of groups and different missions and different objectives. So right there, that's something that we can explore further and further. So I think it's reasonable to think in, you know, this first half of the year and this first six months that you identified that there could be something like that. I, I know that I'm certainly counting the hours until I can, you know, have that mentioned Monday meeting on the UI and make sure that we get all, all of our ducks in a row for VoIP and faction chat and I'll make sure we remain patient and try not to, you know, pull everyone to a boardroom and blue sky designs nonstop that, you know, I've got to be patient and we get all of our ducks in a row. But I could see here in the month of January that we can, we'll, we'll legitimately discuss a design like that and make sure that when the guys are coming off of those tasks that we'll be able to work on something along those lines. Um, I definitely want to look at, you know, 1v you know, PVE situations. And of course you might say PVE in all situations. And I agree, but initially I'd like not even just, you know, smaller groups like lances of players, but solo players that have never been comfortable playing PVP able to launch missions and community warfare as well. And, um, you know, the starting point might be a little bit humble, meaning turrets, infantry tanks and helicopters, you know, just to get everyone thinking mech AI is a much more significant task. It'll take longer, but I'd love to see those situations. There's a use for your flamers for everyone that keeps talking about flamers. You need to burn down some infantry. Um, that would be really cool, right? So that's a little further out still, obviously, but in the meantime, there's, that's a bit, that's where my head's at right now, as far as expanding community warfare. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I can look at a little list here. Let's see if I can uh, think of anything else that's lined up in the next couple, three, four months. Let me ask you a question in regards to his original. Uh, you you brought up ECM uh, last year, and uh, you know the community had a few ideas here or there, but it never really got uh, together. Or, or is that something that you you are still unhappy with, and that you're going to be looking forward to in 2015? Well. I guess this is where I'm at with that. And there's a number of subjects that people would like to review. 
let's talk about ECM, you know, uh, talk about Ghosty. Um, absolutely, I guess I, I don't want to ignore the subjects and I am happy to deal with those subjects now anytime. Um, right now, you know, we can start to talk about those and plan them. I just, I want to know from our player base in particular that they're all going to stand up and say that's really important, but would they want it, you know, instead of, you know, 4v4, um, you know, and these sort of uh, extra missions in community warfare? I'm not saying it's necessarily either or, but I guess right now it just certainly doesn't feel like a super high priority. And so um, it just, you know, that, that kind of stuff is working. It's not working perfectly by a lot of players' perspective, but I think they probably want more depth in community warfare, shorter queue times, um, more balanced optimizations, more maps, more depth of community warfare and gameplay than they want that. So um, they will let me know if that's untrue, that they'd rather, you know, take some time away from those things in order to work on those aspects. That's how I'd answer that right now. But, I, you know, I did think about that coming into this meeting. And Ghost Heat in particular um, was one that I think is an easier discussion point. ECM is not an easy discussion point because as we saw in our, our discussion, no one agreed upon it. It's, I mean, at all, right? And there's plenty of people that stood up and said, it's great, don't touch it. So that's a tough conversation. I'm willing to have it, but an easier conversation is probably the, you know, the the notion of ghost heat because you know we can we can easily try most anything. I mean, we can easily pick a weapon, any weapon system in the game, and say, okay, fine, let's turn ghost heat off for that weapon and turn it off for a you know a week or a patch cycle or even a couple days or whatever, and let's see what everyone thinks of it. I mean, let's see if everyone says, yeah, that is just fucking great. We told you so. Or if they say, please turn it back on. So I'm, I'm willing to have those uh, uh, those conversations right away. Maybe that's something we'll look at. You know, I haven't. Paul's probably pulling his hair out right now. But hey, you know, if everyone is just dead sure that they just want ghost heat off of PPCs, for instance, or whatever, we can give it a shot. We can try it. You know, we can see if um, all the other balance work that's happened in the game over the last number of years from uh, you know, that's associated with quirks and velocities and jump sniping and all the things that have fall damage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it might very well have opened up, you know, different doors and different opportunities. So um, I'll just throw that out there. All right. I think uh, that covers that pretty much, right, Phil? Yes, sir. All right, we'll move into the uh, the next question from hbizzle26. Uh what is PGI's plan to expand the player base through adding MWO to Steam, increased marketing, or investing in community development to hopefully attract more players? Uh, if your ideas for this are not listed in the previous options, then what are there, if any? Well, Steam is the big one. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we did. Um, we really haven't done much marketing for quite a while, not since about April. And... Um, we just want to wait till we're ready. I think you've been hearing that from us for a while. And it's always, you know, there's always a reason to wait just one more patch, just one more patch. You know, want to make sure that those the money you spend on that stuff is, is um, you know, well spent. And so right now we are, uh, I just have, I'm in that one more patch mode. You know, I want to get the January 20th patch out. Well, I'm going to want the February 3rd patch out, which has the queue info and the, all the group 
you know, chatting and just all that kind of stuff. So right now I'm in that mode as far as marketing is concerned, but I will say that steam is a priority in 2015. In fact, it's a priority of mine in the first half of 2015. We have, um, been, we're already, you know, fully signed up as a developer with steam. We've got full approval for the product and we have a SDK and everything else. So we're just been taking a look at that just a bit in the last week or so. Um, guys are actually liking what they're seeing. The work doesn't look extreme. Um, actually looks, you know, knock on all the wooden site, fairly reasonable. So, um, yeah, I really, I want it to be more about, um, we go on steam when we choose to go on it, not when we can get the work done. So I'm going to push to get all the work done right away. And then you might ask, well, what is your timing for it? Well, I can guess and I can say, geez, I'd like to be on before summer. But there will be a few things that we want to get done first. We will want to get some, at least some uh, of the very most important UI improvements in place first. I, I will want to get all the things I've mentioned so far for Community Warfare in place, um, including perhaps even some of the smaller group size missions. And I'm sure when it comes right down to it, we will wish we could do one more patch, one more patch, one more patch, you know, before we even go on Steam. At some point, we'll have to just... Um, make it happen so like that's the best i can say so there's no doubt steam has uh, an absolutely you know obscene number of players well it'll it'll absolutely grow the player base uh significantly you've seen it happen with every game that goes on it the question really becomes will you retain the players and so we have to make ourselves as ready as possible to actually retain the players that we're going to get because we know we're going to get them it's just the, the numbers on there are just too absurd to to not uh you know uh, perhaps even double the amount of players that that play currently. Then again, it's just about how many of them you're going to keep. You're not going to keep all of them, and you'd like to keep as many as possible. So those are those are the uh, those are the opportunities for us in the future. Um, Community warfare has increased the player base. Um, it has our MAU, which is the monthly active users, has has gone up by about 20% since Community Warfare launched. And so we're not satisfied with that in the least, but it's a nice little pick me up and. Uh, um, that you know, Jan 20, February 3rd. I think these patches are only going to help. Um, if you were someone that had too many struggles with community warfare and kind of gave up because you're more of a solo player, small group player, um, I suggest come back January 20th, give it another shot. Come back February 3rd, give it another shot. Um, it's definitely you know, play around this solo queue. Uh, we've got an event planned this weekend for well, all game modes, but you could certainly you know, uh, play it all in, in the solo queue, in the group queue, in the regular public queues. So. There you go. Um, the next couple of patches um, should continue to help, you know, draw players back that either, you know, once played Micro Online or, you know, those that are new, um, more and more chances and opportunity to entertain them. Sounds good. Uh, thank you for the question, Bizzle. Uh, Phil? Next question we have. Asura says, now that Community Warfare is out, what plans are there to add more depth to the base game player experience? Um, what can be added that would help average players feel more invested in their chosen faction success? And I guess this is in regards to uh, Community Warfare and depth and, you know, the contract system and stuff like that. What are, what are your guys' plans? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to go much into that because it's mostly dreaming um, beyond... And I don't mean dreaming as in difficult and probably not going to happen. I just mean I haven't, we haven't finalized designs beyond the fixing of the current stuff. And that means, you know, the loyalty point system. So that's it. Actually, thanks for bringing that up. It's another one of those 
main items that's coming. I believe it's targeted for February 3rd, which is the whole loyalty point system. So this is pretty cool because um, you guys saw the bundles that we mentioned. And they're everything from mech base to C-Bills to MC to cockpit items and titles. And the way the reason titles is going to actually mean something is um, it's not just for the forums, right? That it's been before. So this is just this is not just titles that you get in Community Warfare, but titles that were in the normal achievement system, titles that came with the packages that you purchase, titles that came all the way back to you know founders, will now be displayable in game. So you'll have your name, and then just under that, I believe that's designed just under that, it'll actually have your title. So if you're a private and you know Davian, it'll actually say. You know, your name, none of that will be private and right up to level 20, you know, general of the army. So that'll be displayable in game. Uh, and that's coming fairly soon. That's going to come in February. I hope even February 3rd. So that's the first step. And I know as soon as that's done, well, absolutely. One of the priorities we'll do is turn our attention to, um, you know, what do we do beyond that as far as, uh, you know, adding more value to being a part of your faction. Right away, though, of course, even when that's fixed, you'll see a lot less people switching factions like they are now because as they're earning in those loyalty point achievements, they're unlocking the titles and they're displaying those titles. And if they want to continue to be able to display the titles, they're going to have to stay part of that faction. Um, so switching factions is not only going to not allow you to use those titles you've unlocked for that other faction, but also if you're fighting against that faction, you're going to be losing loyalty points with that faction and going backwards. So that starts to mean something like where it doesn't now. So, again, when that's all done and fixed, which is not too far in the distant future, then we'll go back to think more about what's the next level. You know, if you take over a planet, does that mean we're, you know, discounting uh, particular mechs and just all the stuff that people have been talking about for a long time they'd like to see. So that's that's what I got for now. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to finish fixing the loyalty point package reward system with the titles, and then we'll go from there. Cool. Um, I think we, okay, the next question is, you know, the priority of the development of PVE and AI elements. You already touched on this. Is there anything more you can say about that or should we move on? Oh, well, um, how high of a priority? Um, people will be working on it here in the pretty near future, um, but it does come after you know, everything else we've discussed here from uh, all the Q info and, you know, VoIP and faction chatting and loyalty point systems. And, you know, we didn't even talk about maps, uh, so we could talk about that at some point. I'll just make a note here. Um, but, I, I, yeah, it's a priority in 2015. We're not going to drop everything and just start working on it, though. Uh, we, we have to definitely f uh, finish the things we've got going. Cool. And thanks for the question, uh, DMAX. Phil? Uh, Z says, what's Fox working on in regards to a more expansive API for community use? Yeah, I don't have the details really, um, but I was told that I could mention here tonight that more web API. So um, I don't know what that means, guys. I'm not going to be able to give you many details, but basically there's more stats and a lot more stats and they're working on it. It's been happening and pretty soon you're going to get the ability to do more, more web API stuff, more information, more, more, more. Cool. I was going to say, answer. I've seen quite a few of uh, Community Warfare maps being posted by people with APIs, some really cool stuff. So um, I know that'll be a uh, welcome. Yeah, even with a limited uh, 
stuff that's there available now. People are doing a lot with it, so it'll be cool to see what people do. Uh, next question is from Mr. Troll OKC. Uh, have you considered raid contracts for Community Warfare 3 versus 3 or 4 uh, versus 4 battles that have similar influence uh, in Community Warfare? Or, I'm sorry, have a smaller influence in Community Warfare but allows for a smaller queue? Well, I feel like we answered that. You know, I think um, I mentioned far before. So, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I'd call it a raid contract, but um, I guess it doesn't really matter what you call it. You know, I thought of it a little bit like. Um, you know, scouting missions behind enemy lines with smaller groups, and perhaps it's even actually uh, actually limited to a smaller tonnage range, um, and you know, scout max and whatnot. So that's all on the table. And like I said, that's not something that's like in the distant dreaming future. I mean, I expect uh, even by February we're going to be having meetings about this subject and 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 looking to implement something like that. I think that's a no-brainer as far as one of the easiest. Easiest wins we could get to involve more players in community warfare is to make more opportunities for missions that don't require a full 12 players to launch into. So absolutely going to happen. Okay. I think the next question's kind of been touched on too. So Phil, yeah, go ahead and jump to J-Man's. All right. J-Man 5's got a lot of community warfare success seems to be based on numbers. How many players in your faction or how fast you can win your games to get back in the queue? Are there any plans to slow things down in reference to community player numbers counts to assist smaller factions to be able to compete? You want to try and maybe just translate that one for me a bit? Basically that, you know, the bigger units, um, you know, have more control over, you know, the queue and they can get back in the fight and the smaller units, it, it's harder, you know, uh, if you could be a very specialized unit, but you don't have the numbers to be able to do a lot of damage in community warfare because you're tied down. And uh, I think this is in regards to large uh, units with three, four, five units in the queue where you may have a very specialized unit with only one. Um, and obviously numbers count. I think that's what he's getting to. I don't know if I can give him an answer he's going to like right now um, beyond the 4v4 things we brought up in, in that aspect. As far as like a 12-man, I guess what I'll say for now is wait until the Q-info stuff is done that I've mentioned because when that shows you as a 12-man exactly which of the 15 zones, and obviously the 15 zones is a, a tunable number. We can make it 20 or 30 or even as many as we like. When you can see perhaps that all 15 of those zones are contested and there's a number of units already in the queue in front of you, you're going to be able to make smarter choices as a unit. You're going to be able to say, great, let's go to another planet. Um, you're also going to be able to respond much more intelligently to the call to arms as I've already discussed. So, um for now, I think we really have to wait until those two fixes are in and see how it affects everything. And, it sh you know, it should have a very positive impact. Um, I don't – I'm not saying it will be done after that or it's going to be perfect, but that will help us really identify um, where we where we go next and what we work on next. So to the smaller units, yeah, the next couple of patches should be significant for you. And um, But right now, I think ultimately in the end, it's – you know, it only takes – um, you know, so many, so many teams to, you know, fill the queue right now. You know, to have, make sure that all the you know, all the all the areas are contested and people are queued up. So there is a kind of a cap on, on I guess, the faction members that are in the queue that, uh, you know, to hit the maximum amount to keep it fully busy. So it does limit, I guess, how how big uh, 
how much how much how much the large amount of players does you know have an impact but there's no doubt that a, you know a, a unit with like one 12 man fighting against one that can put out like five 12 mans and the only people around that's that's going to be an issue but also remember that three ceasefire windows is going to it's going to play a big part in um helping that as well so there won't really be you know the opposite side of the 24-hour window anymore where there's like no one there it'll be three eight-hour windows and there'll be much more traffic i think overall you know from again like the three to four hours of importance to nine to twelve um and then adding the other missions in the off time so we've bitten off as much as we can for now um again wait for those next couple of patches and let's see where we stand after that Sounds good. Thank you for the question, J-Man. And the next question is from Wing Zero. He wants to know, it's also on the topic of community warfare, will there be major uh, penalties in the future regarding units who constantly cancel contracts? Yeah, I think um, Paul and I talked about the other day. I think there's, we're already feeling like we would like to uh, maybe increase the penalty for breaking contract or maybe um, just in general making it harder for people to break contracts and, and to flip-flop as frequently as they are currently. But I told Paul, I said, let's just chill for now. Let's wait until we get this loyalty point title situation fixed. So that's coming in in an upcoming patch. Again, we're hoping for February 3rd. And when that's in and the, the titles are actually displaying game and... Uh, you know, you're actually getting MC and all the things and the various rewards. Then we'll see um, just how much, you know, people are still uh, flipping around. And, and we'll, based on that, we can make some, you know, we can tune the, you know, contract break uh, penalties and a few other things to uh, and hopefully settle it in. But I, I just wanted to wait until we had that system fixed before we did that. Sounds good. Thank you, Wing, for the question. Phil, you want to get a audience? Rodians asks, what's up with the uh, community warfare attack algorithm? Algorithm, jeez. Uh, Merrick is able to skip Lyran's space to hit Karita. Ghost Bears attack in Lyran's and not able to fight Karita for over two weeks. Can you explain how it works? Is that something you can dive into? Uh, yeah, but not very much. I don't technically understand it. That's, you know, beyond me. But uh, my man, Carl, has fixed several bugs and those fixes are going to be um, in the January 20th patch. So um, we'll, I, I can't wait to see how it behaves after that. I, I know we fixed several bugs, so I think some of those, uh, maybe some errors around the distance calculations are going to be gone. So like especially that Merrick, you know, what was it, Curative Space, was it? That was pretty weird. I, I don't think we'll see those anymore. So I'm curious to see if um, if any of those weird things exist anymore. So we'll see, but I'm I'm hoping it's all fixed. So there's no real reason to kind of explain it. It'll be just magic come January 20th. Sounds good. Thanks, Erodian. The next question is from Cutter Wolf, and he says, uh, could we see a possible breaking up of the community warfare battles into attack phases, i.e. rush mode in other games? Well, I think the way I'm going to answer that is just saying we're going to add depth one mode at a time, right? So you February 3rd, I'm hoping that's the target date is the new counterattack mode. So what this means is it, the issue was, and I, I'm not going to go too in depth to explain like why we have to have counterattack. I think everyone's hopefully got their head wrapped around that. Now um, you have to be able to take your territory back. And so right now, I mean, I guess what some players are frustrated saying, I'm, I, I clicked attack and now I'm defending. 
I understand that, but there's also the you know cast twenty two that we have to allow the people to counterattack. So um, what now the the next step that we've added is we've tried to make it so a counterattack mode remains a much more aggressive mode. So that means that those have people that are counterattacking um, and, and those that you know continue to click attack um, are going to stay in an aggressive mode. So really, this is it's skirmish with a little bit of a twist. So the idea is they came in, they invaded your base, they took out the Omega Cannon, and now they possess that territory. You're trying to take it back, so you're trying to get your territory back. The attackers have not got the Omega Cannon or the gates or the curse or anything like that working yet. They're just in your, they're on your base. You got to get them out. So you're going to land, and it's going to be like a giant 48 versus 48 skirmish match, and there's also going to be though um, a, uh, a mobile field base, and that's really a necessity for us, for especially for the situations where we have potentially a 12vo situation happen. You've got to have some objective to do. Um, so the mobile field base is there for that reason. So the win criteria really is to kill all 48 mechs and destroy the mobile field base. So there will be some tie-breaking situations like come the end of the, if the timer runs out, it's going to be the highest score not you can't just turtle in that sense so you know i guess the people behind the gates could turtle a little bit and still wait for the attackers but um if they get behind the score they're going to lose and it's going to be up to them to push out so i think the reason i like that is even though it's not you know some super deep uh, new game mode it, it will be an improvement in that people that are aggressive and attacking mode players We'll be able to stay in, in, in an aggressive stance and even when they're defending a counterattack, they can really push the issue and go out and, and fight. So definitely the counterattack mode is going to uh, lend itself a little more to skill and skill players. So um, <clears throat> we'll see how that plays out. But I guess the last thing I would say is I would tell everybody to just kind of think of that like, you know, the first step in adding different game mode depth. Um, the rest of our ideas are at the moment just that. They're just, you know, small dreams, you know, pipe dreams. And that's maybe, the, and I mentioned this last time, maybe there's a mode that happens before the invasion called the landing. And maybe that's more of a, just a 12v12 skirmish outside of the gates. And if you happen to win that, then you get the uh, opportunity to run the invasion game mode. And then, of course, after that, you do the counterattack mode that I just described, just adding more and more depth uh, to uh, that rather than just playing invasion over and over um, with that side note <clears throat> i will say that the union class dropship is being uh, modeled right now i have no promise for the first place you're going to see it or when you'll see it but um, we're getting it ready because i think we're definitely going to want to use it sometime soon um, I mentioned that last time, maybe in the landing game mode, um, Union class dropship brings the, if it's more of a 12v12 situation, brings everyone down. Um, it's going to look awesome. I, obviously, I, I can't wait. And another idea was just to flat out use it in um, um, in public matches. You know, maybe it, those are already 12v12 game modes, so it would just be for immersion's sake. But maybe both teams should just be brought to the battlefield in a Union class dropship to start things off. So that'd be pretty cool, I think. So I guess I'll just that's how I'll answer that for now. Needless to say, Chad is liking the idea of a Union class dropship. Hey, it's been uh, over uh, just over an hour. Russ, would you like to take a quick five minute? I would. Thank you. I'll be back in a bit. All right, we'll be right back, guys.
All right, guys, and we are back. Uh, thank you for uh, giving us a few minutes to go grab a cup of coffee and to uh, use the facilitate. Let's go ahead and uh, continue on here. I'll go ahead and take the first question for you, Russ. Mr. Troll OKC asks, could you implement a one variant variant per chassis rule for community warfare, or do you have a better solution to fix the lack of mech diversity, i.e. Timberwolves, Storm Crows, Thunderbolt 9S is everywhere? I would, um, I don't know, man. I'd, 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 I wouldn't mind actually implementing that. Um, you know, but in general, it's, it's a very, uh, I guess, polarizing topic usually when it comes to limiting player choice, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, three, 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 or some implementation of one, 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 or in this case saying, you know, okay, we're not saying one, 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 you can have, you know, four mediums if you want, four heavies if they fit in the tonnage range, but, um, just one variant. So you only see the one nine S or one, you know, street crow or whatever. Uh, this comes down to, again, it's, uh, I suppose we definitely can go there. Um, you know, if we need to, um, cause it's hard to, it's hard to balance the chassis. I know there's a lot of people calling. So for instance, I guess we can take this moment now to, uh, um, you know, talk about the nine S cause I know there's plenty of, of questions about that, but, um, I don't know. I mean, people didn't call for me to, well, maybe they did, but not quite the same way or not from the same people. Um, nerf it, you know, nerf the storm crows or, you know, or nerf the timberwolves or make it so you can only take one, you know, one street crow or whatever. Um, but they certainly want that limitation for the 9S. So uh, it's a tough one, guys. It is so tough. I mean, there's a lot of people I'm watching the chat here right now, just as many saying they don't want it, if not more. If they. So I guess the answer, unfortunately, is the clan players want me to nerf the 9S and get rid of its ability to do what it does. And the Intersphere players want me to uh, nerf the Timberwolves and Stormcrows, and either side doesn't want me to do that to their mechs. So um, I will take this opportunity to, to to talk about something that might uh, change things a little bit. Um, I guess we can talk about a few subjects here. Like one, I don't. I'd, I'd rather not jump the gun and. I mean, maybe we go there eventually, but I'd rather not, you know, nerf the 9S right now or go to one variant per chassis until I guess we feel like we're done or that we've put in a lot of the items that we think are missing. Like, so, for instance, I have another, you know, two-thirds of the mechs didn't get their second pass on the quirks, talking about Inner Sphere. They're in the bag. I just have to find time to, to do them. So we put that in there and now if, right there you might have more heavy chassis and more chassis in general that are considered viable and it's not just about nine s's um and then of course there's you know quirking that we can do for um the clans the clans you know haven't had as much priority in the quirking right now because they have some extremely powerful mechs and uh, they're still the most powerful that there is and there's they have some chassis though that you know aren't as usable so um, I understand that completely, and we need to spend some more time on those. We've put some minor love into the Nova and the um, Summoner, but we need to put a little more there. Um, and then, but here's here's something for the clanners too. Maybe kind of say, 
Maybe they can show a little more patience on the 9S because they do have some extremely powerful mechs of their own that are very difficult for the Inner Sphere to counter. Um, you know, the three Storm Curl Timberwolf drop deck is, you know, that's pretty tough. So I'm going to tell you guys now about a little something we have coming out January 20th. I think the clan players will be quite excited about this. Um, there's an opportunity here to get some new variants. So, um, as you know, we, we generally, all the new mechs come out in packages. Um, we're not, this isn't a package per se, but it is going to be something that's only in the gift store to begin with. Um, and the gift store, of course, you can gift other people and you can gift yourself. So on January 20th, there will be um, a new variant for each of the clan mechs. Um, there isn't, unfortunately, there isn't one for the Hellbringer. Uh, there wasn't, a, a, I guess, a can one readily available and we'd have time to create one. But all the other mechs, including the Mag Dog, have a new variant. So uh, the, the Mad Dog C, I believe is a Direwolf S. So there's some freaking jump jets on that thing. Um, one for 12 mechs. So that's pretty cool. So out the gate, this is how you're going to get them. Out the gate and for, a, for three months. So very similar to kind of the package mentality, the package, package exclusivity. It's very important for us to do that, guys. That's really how MechWarrior gets funded, frankly, and how we, you know, work on all these features and keep making the game that you guys want to play. So for the first three months, they'll only be available in the gift store. The pricing on them is the exact same as, basically it's the exact same as their MC price, but it's a pretty good deal because they're priced at bulk MC prices. So when you buy your MC at bulk, you basically 250, like the $100 bundles, I mean, you, you get your MC at 250 MC per dollar. So they're priced at that at that high bulk rate. So uh, a much better deal than you're buying if you're buying your MC at smaller amounts. Plus they come with the free mech bay. So you get the mech bay and the pricing at the bulk MC rate and they're in the gift store. They're going to spend their first three months of their life in the gift store. The gift store. And then after that, they're going to um, be released for C-bills, just like everything else. When they're released for C-bills, um, they might stay in the gift store still because they might still continue to be a bit of a better deal there because you can get the, the mech bay, but I don't know for sure. Maybe they come out of the gift store then, or maybe they only remain in the gift store in a kind of more of a bundled form. We'll decide, but the bottom line that you guys care about is brand new variant for each mech, gift store only at first three months, and then they come out for free for C-bills. So it's about the Omnipods, right? There will be new Omnipods around that are going to be quite interesting, quite there's a freaking Mad Cat. I forget which one we went with, which letter variant it is, but you guys are going to know it. Um, comes with a PPC in each arm and four missile hard points per torso. The, it's the Timberwolf D. Yeah. yeah, Timberwolf D. So, honestly, my clan players, um, please, let's not go nuts over the 9S just yet. <laughs> I mean... You got the Street Crows, you got the Timberwolf, and now you're going to get access to new Omnipods. They're going to create new forms of insanity. So um, I think this is pretty cool, though, because it's the introduction of a new kind of method for us to not just create brand new mechs that that um, take significant, you know, time and art resources and, and you know, our capacity is only such uh, to release them. But here we go, right? And we can release more variants, and it doesn't have to be just these 12. We can look at... Um, um, other variants. There's more variants available and we can continue to work on these and continue to use a similar process for getting them out there. So, um, 
yeah, there's there's some neat hard points. You know, Ice Ferret has. Uh, does Ice Ferret currently have a hard point in the CT, Phil? Um, and energy. It does, eh? Okay, I, that's, I just noticed this one did as well. So I was just briefly looking through it today, and a few of them were standing out to me. Like, yeah, okay, that's interesting, right? Mad Dog C with um, Blissic in, in both arms now. So it's really like a dual Galvis type uh, mech. I think that's pretty sweet. So there you go, Clanners. You definitely have a lot of cool mechs to play with. So you just leave those Inner Sphere players alone a little bit. All right, so let's see how that goes in January 20. I think you guys are going to like that. So brand new variants for uh, 12 of the clan mechs. Just yeah. wanted to toss that out there. I, I think where that question stems from, Russ, is, uh, you know, people or, or he's basically asking, are, are you going to implement any type of restrictions? And he basically said it's tough because on one end you'd like to, but a lot of the community wouldn't like it. And at the end of the day, it just comes down to, you know, uh, a balance between player you know feedback and what you guys are trying to achieve i think uh one of the issues also in his question is that um just looking at balance you guys can balance in the group queue right four by three but what happens in that first drop deck when they have 12 timberwolves or you know 12 nine s's and i think that's what a lot of even solo players or small groups are running into is when they're dropping they're going up against 12 storm crows or 12 five s's and uh you know is is that balanced but that's what you get when you have a you know sort of the freedom to be able to do that right yeah i mean it's a, what a lot of players want and this there's so many subjects like that and in, in you know in mech warrior it's it seems like everything is polarizing you know, it's very polarizing there's so many polarizing subjects and very so, passionate community yeah so what we're gonna have to um let's be a little more patient on that and i'd like to see um, you know, more variety. I'm the type of player that would generally like to see more like, uh, you know, one variant or even the one, 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 one and things like that. Cause I like a lot of variety, but, um, it's also much easier for us to, to, to balance. So it's probably why I like it as well. So anyhow, there you go. Cool. Thank you for the uh, question, Mr. Troll. The next question, I'm actually going to combine the next two questions because they're both uh, have to do with rewards and community warfare. The first one's from Steve Mack, which is uh, basically asking, would it be possible to increase the base seabill rewards in community warfare win loss salvage and then sabujo along with uh planet rewarding <clears throat> i'm sorry along with planets rewarding units for having their tag on it will it be possible to upgrade planet and dropship defenses with coffer funds so but to expand on sabujo because there was a lot of questions about rewards uh just um basically maybe if you can talk about match rewards as well as planetary rewards well, match rewards, um, initially we had a lot of people telling us they were making just as much you know, per hour as they were um, in public queue, and that was certainly the way we designed it to be um, very difficult. But um, I think now, you know, especially if, you know, after the initial wave and everyone's playing community warfare and there's a few less people in there now, that the, you know, initial thrills worn off and, you know, they're waiting for some of these fixes and improvements. There's less people in the queues, so you're getting matches a little less frequently and therefore, you know, your earnings have dropped down. So um, I'm not going to react real quick on that, though, because like I said, I just listed off a whole bunch of improvements to the queue from, you know, call to arms to gripping with other faction members and um, faction chat and queue info. And I think all of these things are going to help you get matches quicker and more efficiently and your C-bill earnings are going to go up. So let's get these fixes in and see where your C-bill earnings are after that. 
And as far as the other thing, Brian, or uh, Darren, I think I touched on that as much really as I can. I'm, I'm focused on fixing the loyalty point title system. And then after that, we're going to focus on, um, I guess, it's, you know, other rewards for taking over planets and, you know, what happens if you have your unit tag on five planets, you start getting a discount from your faction, things like that. They're all on the drawing board. Um, this also touches a little bit into logistics. We're not using the coffers yet and we need to be. So, yeah, we just want to think of something meaningful. We don't want to be just really lame like, hey, oh shit, they're making, you know, about on average 20,000 more C-bills than we want them to be making. So now your drop fees are 20,000 C-bills per drop. So I want it to be something useful, something meaningful. I know the upgrading of turrets has been discussed quite a bit. Um, I haven't heard a thought or design on that so far that I really like. Because um, right now at the moment, I don't think turrets are... Well, I guess I mean, it's just such a challenge in the, you know, in the balancing system that uh, when it comes to all of a sudden we've let them upgrade turrets and now, you know, it's impenetrable. So I don't have much more for you there. Sorry. We're going to work on the loyalty points, get the titles working, and, and then we'll go to the drawing board for logistics part one. Sounds good. Question in there, Russ. Um, you know, when it comes to solo, even small groups, uh, do you or just you know design look at uh, community warfare being a viable strategy to actually earning C bills? And the reason I ask that is you know obviously a lot of solo players don't earn as much, while some of the big groups earn a lot of money. Um, do you expect people to step out into solo and group queue to earn C bills, or do you want them to be involved with you know community warfare twenty four seven and earn C bills? Well, I think currently <clears throat> it's yeah. I mean, if you're a solo player. Currently in community warfare, you've got to step out and go to the public queue. You, you just can't expect in currently with the current design, with the current game modes and current functionality that you're going to be able to make your living there. 12 man units can get away that they play three solid hours in the evening running 12 men's nonstop on busy planets. Yeah. I think their, their earnings are probably very similar, very, perhaps even very good with the throw on the right faction. Um, but yeah, smaller groups and solo players, it's just not there yet. Depth of feature wise for, smaller game modes, you know, solo missions and all the things that will be there. So yeah, you're going to have to expect to, uh, you know, go into public queue and, and, and earn some C bills. It doesn't really make sense to me either to like crank the C bills up into the stars for the three matches a day you might get as a solo player on community warfare. You know, that would just totally destroy any kind of economy balance that happens for the 12 men. So yes, solo players, small groups, um, go earn some C-Bills and solo queue. It's still a lot of fun over there. All right, next question we have is from Boudoir, and he says, any chance of moving the old game modes to Community Warfare? And has your answer changed since last time, which was no? Well, it's still kind of no, but it's, I mean, in a way, it's also happening. I mean, you can basically look at the counterattack game mode as a, a play on Skirmish, so it's really a Skirmish game mode. Um, you know you're going to have more and more a scouting mission that goes across deep into enemy territory and has to destroy a convoy, uh, destroy the fourth floor of a particular building downtown, uh, throwback mission to MW2. Um, I think I'd rather do that. I think I'd rather look at new and interesting missions for community warfare than just saying, cool, play Conquest on, you know, Boreal Forest. So it's happening, but I just think it's happening in a more interesting way rather than just tossing the old game modes in. All right, good uh, question, Canuck. Next question is from Scout Derek, and there's a few questions about... Um, oh, no, it's, it's Canuck's question oh, right now. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Got uh, got ahead of myself. Good question. Budor. Canuck asks, will we see additional tactical deployables, deployables such as landmines to deter rushes in community warfare in the future? And actually, that's what I meant to do. It was combining these two. So basically, modules. Will we see new modules? Will we see modules specific to community warfare and landmines? Just because you asked, we will have them. I, I don't know. I mean, there's been a few thoughts about things like this. It's not screaming to the top of the pile right now. So cool idea. Um, I'm sure there's some. Um, I just feel like we have some really, really important things that we're handling right now that I just um, not really thinking about that at the moment. Sorry. That's as good as I have at the moment for that. Next question we have is from Scout Derek, and he says, will we see modules specifically geared towards community warfare? Well, that was part of my question just then, but... Oh, did you already... Yep. See, this is why we simplify the questions for ourselves, and we still trip up. It's getting late. All right, Enforcer444 says, are there any quirks coming, such as armor quirks, to make some Tier 1 mechs like the Atlas viable again? Uh... I don't know. Did I? Yes, did, there are the, changes to that. The Atlas, Atlas. They didn't yes. get ones that last round, eh? Like uh, I didn't, past, they weren't included. Yeah, past two isn't in yet, but past there were two isn't changes in yet. to it. Yes, yeah. there are some changes. Absolutely. Could, I don't know. Is there armor? Yeah, there was some tweaks to the armor, wasn't there? Do you yes, want me to pull it up is. real quick? Nah. They're coming. Well, let's, They're let's expand great. on this in that not only are we still in phase one, we still have the rest of pass two and then phase two is coming. So there's as far as quirks in general, since there were a lot of questions about quirks, you want to just kind of maybe say where we're, where we're heading. Uh, we're going to finish our second pass on phase one, I guess. I don't know. It gets all confusing. Mm-hmm. As you know, we, we added quirks to all the Interspear mechs and after playing with them for a while, we figured out what would be even better in a lot of cases, maybe more around stock weapon loadouts and various things. And we've, we put in maybe a quarter of those prior to Christmas. I squoked in as many, squeaked in as many as I could. Um, some are still remaining. So uh, we, Atlas is one of them. So we're going to do the rest of that pass. And then possibly there's, you know, another pass beyond that because we have um, built, we have more functionality than we used to when it comes to quirks. But I don't know if, if, if InnerSphere will get another pass after that. Probably not as priority. We'll probably spend some. Well, we will. We'll spend some time with clans. You know, as soon as we get this. Oh, see, I'm confusing myself. Phase two <laughs> of pass one completed for Inner Sphere. Then uh, we'll probably spend some time with the clans for quirks. All right, lots more coming now. Uh, again, we're going to combine a couple questions because there were multiple along these lines, and this is dealing with the smallest of the small mechs, twenty ton mechs. Um, there's two things that were popping up over and over again. One is, is there anything, are there any plans basically to increase the survivability of the lightest mechs? That's from Skuro, um, you know, Locust, whatever. Easy to get uh, taken out with one shot in AC20. Uh, and then Verger, Viger, Verger, uh, wants to know about the flea, um, as do a lot of other people. And and you're, I know you're asked this every single time, but. Yeah, well, I guess, again, the first question, it's, a, it's about quirks. Um, 
I'm trying to remind myself, Phil, was the second pass for Locust in that pass? Yes. Before Chris? It was. Yes. So I guess at the moment we don't have anything else planned for the Locust. I can't remember what other lights got their second pass. Um, did the Commando? I don't know. We had some tweaks to the Light Max. So right now, as far as the Locust is concerned, I suppose at the moment um, it is what it is. But we um, like we, we increased the, the leg stuff again, didn't we? I'm trying to remember here. but Yes. Um, um, yeah. The leg... The lake structure got doubled on pass two. On pass two, so we've done quite a bit to help it. I mean, geez, we'll have to, you know, break out the original version sometime and compare them. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if the locust was ever meant to eat dual gausses. So um, I think we even uh, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's some more tweaks we can do. Uh, the flea. Uh, Actually, let me combine. I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt. Uh, it, another light mech is constantly brought up. Um, so it's the flea and of course the urban mech. So maybe you want to touch on both of those. Yeah, we can talk about the urban mech, but if you guys want to, but I'll look at chat. I don't think anyone really wants to talk about it. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just talk about the flea for a second. Then we can mm-hmm. move on to the next one. Um, uh, basically the flea is dead to me. I don't know. I just, I don't care. I, it, it's, we have the concept art, as you say, it just hasn't found a moment in time where we say, yeah, we should stop all Merrick production for, you know, wave two resistance, you know, you name it. Anything that we basically released since we decided we were going to make the locust and basically say, let's create another locust. Um, right. So it's, it's got, it's, what is it? Mask? Is that a mask one? Yes. Is that, is that, yeah. All right. I know there's some cool stuff about it. So, Again, I just don't think it's gonna it's gonna get priority for a bit. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, another 20 ton, you know, chicken leg mech right now is maybe just not what the game is screaming for. Um, what is the game mech. screaming for? Yes, there we well, go. Well, the, the game is screaming for the urban mech. So here's the deal. I don't know whether to believe you guys when you say you want the urban mech or not. I really don't because. I don't know. I mean, is it for real or is it more of a just like urban mech, you know, one of those things. But I'm willing to test the waters. So essentially, January 20th, this coming Tuesday, uh, we are launching a page to pre-order and purchase a package. What package? It's uh, to buy the urban mech. It's happening right now. Or at least it's it's probably happening. It's kind of up to you. Um we concept art's all done. You're going to see that. It looks pretty cool. Of course, Alex did his thing, and now it looks sexy as can be. Um, the interesting thing is, one, there's one, there is one quirk I can promise you. Um, and we had, we had to do some custom code work for this. The Urban Mech will have 360 torso rota- rotation. So it'll turn Bam. 360 degrees. Now, I can guess at some of the other quirks, but I won't commit to anything else at the moment. So, on Tuesday, the page will go up. You can buy it. There's um, two packages. I think we've we've really tried to price this very, very reasonable. We're not going after the $80 Urban Mech package or the $200 package and the gold derbies and, you know, trying to just really play everyone's emotions here because I don't know for sure how many people are going to buy it. I really don't. Um, And it's not impossible that will put the mech up for sale and within a few days or within a week we'll say you know what 
I don't know if this is worth it. Let's maybe return everyone's money and just work on something else that people really, really want. Um, so maybe you'll prove me totally wrong. And, and I think enough people want it, so I'm hopeful. But we're going to put the package up. for. There'll be two packages. One's called the just the, I guess, the standard package. And it has um, all three variants. Um, no, you know, hero version or, you know, custom skin version or anything like that. It'll just be three standard variants of the Urban Mech. Um, you get uh, <clears throat> 30 days premium time. You get um, a Warhorn, a cockpit item, and a, I don't know, title. And I uh, forget now, but and, and a Mech Bay, of course. And essentially, I figured it out probably at least, even at bulk prices and stuff, at least $30 or more worth of content. And we're selling that package for 20 bucks. So it's a really good deal. 20 bucks. And then there's the collector's package. And uh, it is the, you know, uh, custom geometry, custom skin, 30% SIBO bonus, two standard variants, three mech bays, three cockpit items, three war horns, 60 days premium time, et cetera, et cetera. Really good deal. We're selling that one for um, uh, 40 bucks. So, you know, basically, uh, I think very, very high value on both packages. You guys will be able to judge for yourself when you see it go live. And um, we, we're only going to have one monthly reward. And this is, again, about the whole is like, are people serious and do they actually want it? Um, we're gonna we're only going to have one monthly reward. There won't be like monthly. So when's it going to be released? It's going to be early April. And no, it's not an April Fool's joke. Although even today we were joking about on April 1st, we'll just return everybody's money and say April Fool's. But <laughs> no, um, it's not April Fool's joke. It's just the way it worked out with our mech production pipeline. It'll be kind of like, I think, like first patch in April that it'll be released to you guys. So um, there's only going to be one monthly reward, though, just January. January 20th, when we put it up for sale, and January 31st, just those, you know, 10 days. And uh, if you buy within those 10 days, you're going to get a bunch of crap, a whole bunch of pretty, I think, a fairly generous bit of rewards. And that's our way of kind of saying, we, if you're going to buy one, we really want you to buy one in the first 10 days so we can make a decision really quick that it's actually legitimately wanted. And, um, you know, by the end of January, we should know that it's for real and uh, everyone gets a lot of extra rewards. And it's going to be cool. And I'll even say this, if, if it's successful enough, this will probably spur me on to get the guys to make um, the stock only button for private matches. Because I think it'd be really cool to see like 12v12 <laughs> stock urban mechs fighting. So that that would be neat. So some of you guys might be wondering also, what's it going to perform like? Well, when I when I we did a, some of the design with David here, we said, look, this thing's got to be if we can, as much as we can, let's try to make it viable. Let's try to make it like play a role in the game for real. So. Um, what makes it viable? Well, okay, 360 torso rotation. It'll have some other quirks. It's 30 times, so it's very limited. But um, hard points, of course, like usual, we're more generous. I think every variant has at least six hard points. So, you know, you want to pull off some of the bigger weapons, you can, you know, put on a, a more weapons. So there's that. And then the biggest kicker, though, really is the upgrades, right? Because you can upgrade to ferro fibers and steel and all those things. And the engine, you can upgrade the engine. So... This one's undecided at this moment, and we'll kind of we wanted to kind of maybe gather more opinions from the community before we lock it in. But basically, it, we had to make a special case, another special case for this mech to function in our game, and that is, you know, the smallest engine in a game. I think right now is like a 100, 
but the thing had come to the 60, a standard 60. So we actually had to make a standard 60 engine and it actually is gonna have a negative tonnage on it. It's the only way we could figure out to make it work in our game. And so you can run the thing stock and go like 32 kph and that's how they'll come. But the one thing we haven't decided yet is what will the max engine cap be? I, I suppose we have the capability of making the thing run as fast as a spider if we want. Um, so we haven't decided yet where we'll put the engine cap, but it'll definitely, my opinion is it'll be something, you know, higher. It'll be so people can actually upgrade it and put an engine in there and actually run around with the three, six of torso rotation and actually play with the thing. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll gather some feedback before we decide on what the actual max engine cap is. But, um, that's the one main element we thought that players might be interested in uh, supplying opinions. Um, Anyhow, um, there it is. So we'll see. We shall see. Uh, Tuesday, it's going to go live. And it'll be available in the gift store from the beginning, too. So if you want to buy one for somebody, you can do that. So again, I think um, there's a lot of opportunities here in, for January for, for players to um, you know, get some interesting content. You've got all the new clan variants, and you've got the urban mech. And I swear, I if, if we don't sell very many urban mechs, it's, I'm not going to fall for it again. Like, I'm not going to you know, go out there and, I don't know, listen to the the hype, the hype. We'll see. It looks there's, super cool, though. You're going to love it. It looks so good. It's such a tease. I mean, you saw there's, it basically with the, with the Christmas card, right? It just said it was covered up. And, yeah. Christmas. There's 700 people, some odd, almost 800 people, and I, I think every single one. Most of them. One, one ended. Yeah, so. And it's, Chat was yeah. in, entertaining for the last few minutes, no doubt about it. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next question. We have J135 says, will we see champion mechs and chassis bundled continue to roll out in Q1? How about other hero mechs? Um, yeah, I think, um, boy, there's just never enough uh, mech capacity. I know we're still missing a couple um, heroes and champions for some of the original Intersphere mechs. There's you know, the Wolverine and a few. I'll just say, yeah, we're gonna, we're just every spare moment we're gonna we're gonna get try to get many you know more of those in the game. Uh, something just flashed across my mind. I'll, I'll bring up now is kind of related. Is um, recently we finally found some time to figure out our pathway to fixing the scaling issues on the you know the AC20 in particular for um, you know the Centurion and all the AC20s and stuff. So that kind of unlocks our ability to um uh, finally finish off the rest of the retrofit mechs i don't have a release schedule for them yet but we're basically we had two or three other of the original mechs with the retrofits complete but we weren't really wanting to release them until we fixed the scaling issue so we've got a pathway to fix that so over the course of the next couple of months i hope we can get the rest of these original like the awesome and the dragon those original mechs out with their um uh, mech lab retrofit and um, yeah, so that's kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, the original mechs and getting their champions and heroes out. And we, we like to put bundles together for mastery bundles, which are obviously amazing deals um, when we have a champion, a hero, and a regular variant. So um, yeah, just keep you know mentioning which bundles you'd like to see, and we'll, you know, we'll keep adding them. Speaking of which, this goes along with the question: Clan heroes when? Yeah, good question. Uh, that's just one of those things that we keep saying, hey, you know, we still haven't done a clan hero yet. Um, I don't know yet. No ETA for you. 
Every every clan mech is a hero mech, but that's coming from somebody who plays Inner Sphere. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> the next question is from KJ, and uh, KJ asks: Are there plans for destructible terrain in MWO? This has come up in previous meetings before, but uh, just to summarize, I think we know that there's limitations as far as destructible buildings and so forth on the big scale, but um, you know more towards trees, lampposts, cars, etc. Yeah, I mean the priority for me is collisions. Uh, more so than anything like that. So collision meaning mech on mech collision and, you know, mech tree collisions. Uh, I really hope the time is fast approaching when we can um, work on that. And uh, I mean that sincerely because I, it's one of the things, but my main pet peeve, you know, mechs need to properly run up against each other and scrape and bang and smash and all that kind of stuff. So, I'm not really worried about the shuckable train at the moment. Sorry. I know it's, it'd be cool. It'd be very immersive, but there is a few pretty important items before that. Cool. Rebus Crad says, are you willing to postpone major features for a while in favor of a good polish period? Well, um, I'd love to, but I don't think we'll really be granted that sort of leeway um, in general. You know, you can see it even just in the last couple of weeks. You know, we've been in beta for like less than a month. And it's just like, you know, you went from like, this is amazing. Take your time on, on Christmas break to like, this game is done. <laughs> so, you know, we have to we have to keep working, working hard and working on features. So that really is never going to change. Um, having said that, I think we're kind of right now in a period where we're, we can kind of look at it like that. I mean, even though we're working on a lot of features, you know, um, all this chat and QInfo and just everything we've mentioned here tonight, there's lots of great features here. They are a little bit in the category of improvements, you know, uh, polishing efforts on initial, on sort of main big features. So I, I, in a way, I do feel like there is a lot of um, improvement happening right now and kind of polishing over the next couple of months. So I don't know. That's the best I can do for you there on that one. All right, sounds good. Next question is from Shivaran. I understand getting maps completely created by the community would be a QC nightmare, but that doesn't prevent the community from supplying the concept and layout with PGI team doing the actual modeling. There's not a question there, but I'm just, I guess he's saying, is that possible? Uh, that would be community design or inspired maps with you guys doing the design. Yeah, it's another one of those unfinished business subjects from earlier in the year said, you know, hey, we're going to get this, 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 and this done, and then we'll talk about that. So at this point, I basically owe everyone a conversation about that. But I will take this moment to talk about um, maps for a second. And uh, so uh, February 3rd, we still plan on having the next Community Warfare map. So that's the Gorge. That's the Canyon Networks themed one. We have a great pipeline now, so anything we do community-wise now with maps is kind of gonna, you know, impact this. Yeah, but we're basically we've got a really nice pipeline figured out. You know, we've got plans for like a HPG moon-themed one. We've got plans for a, um, I don't know, I can't remember now. Like, oh, well, there's the Termaline Desert-themed one, and we've got them all lined up. And if we can, if we can stick with our you know, this um, process we've put in place now, we should see a new community warfare map. We have a good chance at seeing it, uh, 
uh, a new community warfare map um, each month moving forward here for the next few months anyhow. So we'll see one in February. We have a good chance of seeing another one in March and seeing another one in April, uh, et cetera, because we're really being efficient at working it with the existing you know, asset sets we have. And, and we've got a nice process for getting those done. So I think that's pretty cool. We're going to see a very nice cadence of new maps into Community Warfare over the next three or four months. Um, right now, I think that's that's highly valuable. So I'm very adverse to doing anything to kind of shake that up and kind of throw that off kilter. So I guess that's the best I can answer that right now. I just said I don't want to really upset that because I think there's very few people, I mean, I'd say, awesome, you know, four months from now, we'll have another four community warfare maps. That's, I think that's of high value. Uh, Russ, to go along with that, um, I, I'm, I'm going to toss this in there because I know I've heard the feedback and countless discussions. Is, you know, when are you guys going to dedicate resources to fix and expand the current solo and group, the regular public match um, maps? That's that's a big topic that's always been brought up. You know, you, I think you even said it uh, possibly on the last one where some of the maps are too small, haven't been updated. Is that something where you guys are possibly can dedicate some resources to? And maybe it's not a big overhaul, but just little things here and there. Uh, I, sorry, I. Right now, the resources of the next four months, as far as I know, are completely dedicated to making sure that people have more than two maps to play in Community Warfare. Um, and so I hope four months from now, we've got six maps to play in Community Warfare. And right now, that is of highest value. There's concern about going beyond the dozen or so we have in solo queue. I understand that. But not as much concern as there is playing all Community Warfare matches on two maps. So... Highest priority wins, and right now that is getting more maps into Community Warfare. All right. Um, we had my, Mad Librarian. We already sort of um, talked about this, which was API stats tracking for Community Warfare. You said stuff's coming down the line. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the next one, which is Control-Alt-We. Are there any plans to allow players to upgrade standard mechs with hero or champion bonuses, i.e. add 30% C-Build boost to a normal spider variant via MC? No, there's no plans at the moment. Easy. Moving on to the next one from Hoffenstein. Hoffenstein. Uh, what would you say is the most innovative, entertaining thing that PGI is working on right now for MWO? That's a vague, big question, but maybe there's something. Well, I mean, right now isn't really... Uh... Right now it's grunt work time, right? It's cleanup time, it's fix time, it's polish time, it's improve time. And we worked on, if you asked me that question in, you know, October and November, it would have been a really easy answer. It's like we're working on community warfare and dropship mode and, you know, all the awesome stuff. And right now you've heard me mention everything we're working on. There's a lot, a lot of really great stuff in there, but it's all like stuff that's like makes it better and better and better and better and better, not like something you know way out there and brand new and totally unique so i don't know to me um, almost anything i've mentioned tonight i think is a big deal but that's just me so i don't know if you guys would have to answer that now after having heard me talk all this time about all these things um you pick what stands out most to you there's lots of things to me that uh, i think are are really exciting yeah honestly to me community warfare is the answer but and 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 that can be what you're working on now because you're going to be working on community warfare for the foreseeable foreseeable future. 
But uh, anyway, Phil, you want to go into the next one? All right. So we have a few questions that have already been answered. So I'm going to move on. Uh, we have Merowin. I don't know how to pronounce that. In the current timeline, the Fed Sons and Lyrans are allied by the marriage of Melissa Steiner and House Hans Devian, creating the Federation Commonwealth. Uh, will the future of the community warfare map reflect this with the removal of the planets being active in the attack defend order list? And basically, I wanted to add on to this. There was a few kind of lore based questions like this. And so basically, the question is, how much will lore influence what's happening with the map? Will there be any events planned? Or is it just completely 100% player based? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Um, I guess I'd have to, uh, you know, hear what some of the other ideas are beyond this particular question, from a lore perspective, because my opinion going into it was let the players decide let the players create the alliances um there was a lot of alliances we could have put in place you know we could have put you know hard-coded alliances between you know steiner and davian we could have put one between merrick and lao we could have put one um you know between other factions but you know we didn't there was a few reasons one it did increase the complexity of um the uh contested planets by you know, an enormous amount, but I also felt it was kind of presumptuous a little bit. I understand it's um, canon, but I thought it was very interesting for players to be able to create the alliances on their own. And we've already seen a lot of that. And so far, I think it's been great. I think it's been uh, um, very, very interesting to see players um, creating their alliances on their own. And to me, that's to me, that's the best solution. Other people would have different opinions and disagree, but I like player-driven politics personally. Phil, you good to go? Yep. Um, let's see. We've got uh, Driven Debus. <laughs> Thoughts on resolving community warfare planets uh, being one loss due to a massive ghost drop. What are your thoughts on ghost drop and turret drops? Uh... Well, they're not being won by massive ghost drops. I mean, I got the stats. They're just they're just flat out not. I think right now we're missing the information you're missing is all the stuff I mentioned we're going to give you between the next two patches, especially the Q info stuff, so you can see all the strike teams lined up against each other in all 15 zones, and they're all being contested, and everyone that's queued up, and you're going to be able to, instead of sit there and go, what's going on? I'm going to infer what's happening and assume there's things happening and you're going to be able to tell exactly what's happening. So you can tell there's lots of, lots of hero drops or hero drops. Um, I read someone say hero in chat, um, ghost drops. And again, and we, we did the math. There's 12% of all the matches launched in the entire day are ghost drops. And about 90% of those happen outside of those final three to four hours. So they're not, but so that's how we're going to resolve it. We're going to do all the things I've already mentioned here on these first two um, things. You know, I understand a lot of these questions are, they're all brought up before we start this chat. So um, I may have answered that like in the first 10 minutes of the conversation that is going to reduce the current 12% ghost drops in a total day to even the lower amount. I'm expecting the call to arms changes itself to lower that percentage even further. And possibly even get it down to zero or very close to zero in those, especially in those, in those final two or three hours of each of the contested, um, uh, ceasefire times. 
Cool. And then uh, we have a couple questions that I'm going to combine. Uh, actually, there were more based on these ideas, basically new weapons um, being introduced. Uh, Hawk819 asks, any chance of new weapon systems for the Inner Sphere like Streak 4s and 6s, 10XS will the Snub-Nosed PPC and LBX ammo changes uh, happen in 2014? And will we see the Blazer? And uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's like a double large laser type weapon or whatever. Well, I think for now we're sticking with um, timelines. So if one of the weapons get out, if you know there's something within the timeline that we should have, um, we'll definitely look at that as more of a priority item. But obviously, um, when it suits us in particular, we stick with the timeline and canon. <laughs> so right now, I just yeah, it's not like a sitting on a priority list. Um, that's it. Does that answer it? I mean, yeah, but actually, yeah, that, man. Can I segue with that? Because there's actually quite a few people asking about the timeline. Is there anything you can speak to on the timeline as far as where it's going? Um, beyond just the fact that now it's like January 15th, 3050, or what do you mean? Yeah, well, it, people are concerned that it'll reset again or, or wondering how fast it's going to progress because people are looking at, at weapons and mechs that are down the timeline. And, you know, they're anxiously waiting for it or whatever. Um, is there any, do you have any word on the progression of the timeline? Yeah, um, I have no, uh, I doubt highly that will stick to the timeline, personally. Um, we will move it along as, just as soon as it suits us, meaning we've got all these features in, we've improved everything, and everything's looking just dandy, and we've gone through and you know, implemented and sold all the great meaningful mechs and we need the timeline to move up in order to get new and interesting content into the game when we're truly in need of Streak 4 and 6 for Inner Sphere and, you know, various mechs that are in the timeline just a couple hours, you know, years into the future. Um, absolutely, we'll jump forward. Of course, whatever's best for gameplay, whatever's best for the game. I'm not going to wait. make people wait two f real years to you know, get the meaningful content if we need it sooner. So... That's As development demands it. Yeah, that's all I have at the moment, though, about that. Cool. All right, next question we have, uh, Guy Rock Carnes. Would PGI consider implementing mass mechs that do not break HSR due to speed overlaps, mechs such as the Shadowcat, Executioner, and others that would not be a danger of breaking the game? Uh, yes, we would consider that, absolutely. Good to go. Uh, next question is from Odinan. He says, uh, when can we expect Clan Wave 3? Well, we've already kind of talked about this in Hero Clan Mech, sorry. Um, Catra, Solaris Arena, uh, free-for-all game mode, when? Um, I think that's a very interesting thought. I guess all I can really say for now is it's right in that category of when I talked about, okay, you know, I can see this great storytelling device of the map of the inner sphere and i can see us implementing more depth in the game modes invasions and landings and all these things and counterattack game modes and then maybe 4v4 scouting missions and maybe even one versus pve missions for the solo type player and just right in that category of subjects is the notion of clicking on solaris launching a mission on there which is you know entering tournaments and just doing everything involved with Solaris. It's just the only holdup now, of course, is because that's a that, that's a quite a bit of work. As you can imagine, we could probably spend 
as much time as we've spent and will spend on community warfare, just in creating an extremely deep and meaningful Solaris experience. So um, it's not a small undertaking. Uh, I don't think many people here would like to see it in a very, you know, meaningless way, you know, just like click on it and like, you know, do something really lame. So that's a big deal. You know, it takes a long time. So it's, it's almost a major another pillar. Feature. It's really another full, we could spend a, six yeah. months designing an awesome Solaris mode. So uh, there's really no chance that it's going to see us working on it in the first half of this year. Anyhow, um, don't know, but you can, it's obvious course of action. Just look at it. Um, you know, you can see it staring at you in the map. So Paul has teased go. us already that he's, you know, examining it, et cetera. Um, Question, yeah. uh, Corbin, Zachary, and this is actually pretty pertinent. Um, I'd like to hear your feedback. How do you plan to handle non-participation in community warfare? Players uh, tying down units by stretching uh, match timers to keep them tied up. Basically what's happening, Russ, if you weren't aware, is there's uh, literally units dropping and not attacking. They just sit back and because to either tie unit down and or because the other team is uh, potentially, uh, you know, decked out or something to the effect have overpowered guys... yeah yeah no i have heard of this um i don't have anything to say about it yet um split decision there too i mean some people think uh, it's very hey fair tactic you know i mean smaller units <clears throat> excuse me tying up um you know the comp teams or whatever um i don't know I don't know yet. I don't, there's nothing yet. I, I don't have anything screaming at me like I have to stop, you know, all feature development and come up with something for that. Um, I, I assume it's mostly the attacking team, of course, that's not pushing the inside of the base. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. It's it's the attacking team holding back. Well, yeah. I mean, one, we're, we're going to see a new counterattack mode. So, that's going to decrease the opportunities for that, isn't it? I mean, it's perhaps even on a very busy planet, um, potentially 50% of the matches now are going to be the new counterattack mode, which means those teams are going to be able to be aggressive and push out and just eat those people alive. So it is going to be, that's actually a very safe statement to say the opportunities for people to use that tactic probably gets cut in half when the new uh, counterattack game mode goes in on February 3rd with the new map and stuff. I think uh, one of that's the, a good first step for that. I think I think one of the, the suggestions from the community, and I've talked to units that have experienced this being the defensive party, is that the defense should be able to open the gates or some way or shape to be able to either open the gates or be able to get over the gates if you're the defending party, and that would solve it. Because basically, even a counterattack that doesn't help the teams that are dropping, and this is happening to. I think that's basically uh, the issue. Uh, or or in. the ability of the uh, defenders to draw, draw uh, call in a Union class dropship that could help. <laughs> just I'm just kidding, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, here's two questions that I can combine. Uh, hopefully, easier to answer. We are winding up, by the way, guys. If you haven't noticed, um, from JTSR, he wants to know: Will we see unit logos included on our mechs in the future? And Talus Nine basically want to know the current state of decals. Yes, uh, the decal system is uh, good news. It's um, it's essentially done, and we are 
like some of the other things I brought up around VoIP and faction chat, just needing a little bit more um, UI work uh, to get it done. So it's not very far off. Uh, I don't have really as much of a date. It's not quite in the situation as those things I mentioned, but quarter one seems very, very viable for and very realistic for decals. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just throw that out there. So it's not too far out. And I think we'll, we'd love to use those in a lot of meaningful ways. You know, I could see them making their way into the uh, loyalty point reward package list. Um, lots of different ways. And, and I, I believe there is a, a uh, you know, I'm getting a little gun shy now, but the plan was to have three different channels. And I think that's still the plan. Two of the channels we would provide the decals for, and the third channel is, is a strong possibility of being user-created. Uh, user so units could submit their own their own decal for their unit. Um, there would likely be an MC cost associated with that, and you'd have to meet with the, um, you know, the uh, terms of service or EULA, you know, the, what do you call it, situation for that. So, you know dick pics and stuff like that would right. be a waste of your MC. But um, yeah, units could uh, supply their um, decals. So I'll get an update on that as soon as possible. But it's it's just kind of, um, you know, just underneath some of those other items I mentioned and just needs a final touches on it. All right. Uh, one more question we have is uh, from K Wolf. I was wondering why you decided to allow Mercs players work for clans and if that's going to remain in the future with Phase 3, et cetera. Oh, um, yeah, I, I feel like this is a player <clears throat> a player design feature, frankly. Um, <clears throat> a huge amount of our players said they wanted to, to use their, um, what do you call it, their clan mechs and their inner mechs. They wanted to use everything in community warfare. And I was unwilling to mix technologies. I wanted to truly simulate the clan invasion. I wanted clan mechs fighting inner sphere mechs and carving their way down through the inner sphere. So... Players said, hey, they wanted to use the only way to do that really was to have seasonal resets of the map, which was highly undesired by the majority of our players. This was the greatest and best solution to allow them to, for a fee or after a time, break their contract and to play for the other side and use their other content. So I don't really look at it like Mercs playing for the clans. I look at it like players being able to play their clan mechs and being able to play their inner sphere mechs. So I know there's a little bit of a presentation. It's a little distasteful. Um, we might come up with some other things that make that a little more um, tasteful for from a canon perspective. But the end functionality, I think, will always exist for players to be able to, um, after a certain amount of time or whatever, be able to go back and forth and, and use all the content they've bought. All right. Well, Russ, it's, I mean, understandably you're going on a 12 hour day here or whatever, and you're getting tired. We do have two more questions on the doc. It's up to you if you want to answer them or if uh, you want to save them for another time. Uh, one from P dog regarding Oculus Rift and one from Thalo regarding weekday as opposed to weekend events up to you. Uh, sure. Let's do it. I mean, Oculus Rift is super cool and it's obviously got a lot more kind of going behind it now with the recent merger with Facebook and everything. So it seems really legit. And this is just one of those things that, you know, as you can kind of imagine us all sitting around and working on all the things I listed that are just like 
firefighting and like just critical features we need to just make the game better like as soon as possible and then someone brings up oculus rift and we're like that is the coolest thing ever let's do it but when right does it really come before finishing decals does it really come before finishing all these things and you know it's different skill sets different people but you know there's um there's usually something like this uh touches on everything it'll touch on a little bit of ui for you know choosing it and it, it just it takes a concerted effort and usually has to beat out features and so far it hasn't been able to beat out you know the things the other things that we need but um i think that it's uh you guys would know more than me, I guess, probably, but you know, it's kind of it's moving towards sort of a an actual legit release in 2015. Is that right? Are you talking about Oculus? Uh, oh. Yeah, Oculus. Is it is it about beyond just like, hey, buy the latest um, prototype? You know, SDK prototype. Is there actually um, a retail version coming out in this year? That is beyond my knowledge. Yeah, okay. <laughs> neither Phil and I are, have delved into that yet. It'll be super cool. I want to have it. I think obviously MacWarrior yeah. is, you know, a great product for it. I mean, I can't think of any game that's sure. any better, you know, than just really being right in your cockpit of your Mac. So I get it. I get that it's desired for sure. It's just priorities. Uh, and then weekday events, you think we'll ever have weekday instead? Actually, some of the weekend events obviously do bleed in a little bit into the beginning of the week or the end of the week, but uh, anything like a weekend, uh, I'm sorry, a week long event? Yeah, there's no reason we couldn't. Um, you know, right now it's really just about us, you know, uh, working within our own sort of limitations. You know, we come in weekend, we sit down, and we go in the boardroom we have a every monday at two we have our marketing meeting and generally it's uh you know we're planning everything we're planning everything from you know what's the uh are we gonna have a sell this weekend are we gonna have uh an event this weekend you know what work do we have to do on the bigger packages coming up like the we had the clan variants and the urban mech stuff to plan um and generally you know it's it's hard to keep coming up with cool and interesting events each weekend so um yeah, and there's really no reason. Like, take this weekend's event, for instance. We could have said, you know what? Let's not run it this weekend. Let's run it Monday to Friday next week. We could have, but, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense to us right now because definitely we get the highest player counts on the weekend. Um, people have a lot more playing time. It's usually our, you know, motivation to generate as many reasons as possible for people to come and play our game on the weekend. That sounds good. Well, Russ, we're going to let you uh, take off and get some rest. We totally appreciate you uh, coming by and spending these over well over two hours uh, with us tonight. Thank you to all of you in chat. We had close to 800 uh, people the entire time. Thank you all for showing up. Thank you for the questions. Again, we apologize. I mean, you see right there, we went, you know, over two hours, uh, got through as many questions as we possibly could, but we do miss some questions and, and it's inevitable. Uh, sorry if your question didn't get asked. Hopefully you can get it into the next uh, town hall that we will announce whenever we're getting ready to plan that. Uh, Phil, you have anything you want to add? 
No, just want to say thank you again to everyone who's here. Hey, if this is your first time at this channel, make sure to hit that follow button. That way you guys get email notifications. And of course, I'd like to say thank you to everyone behind the scenes that you did not hear or see, uh, like uh, Deadfire, Dead Breaker, and everybody else who was doing Thanks, the guys. questions. Uh, uh, kudos. And again, thank you, Russ. I think you made everyone's day just by Urban Mech. I think that's, <laughs> you don't, that you, that's crazy. all you had to say. If you could have just shown up and just been like, yeah, Don't forget cool. Union class yeah. dropship. <laughs> yeah, and Union class dropship. Anyways, well, uh, we'll Russ... see. We'll see, man. Let's. Everyone's gonna have to show up. You know, prove it. Twentieth of the year, and and definitely prove that you like it. Um, the clan variants. I'm very excited about that. Um, that's gonna breathe a lot of new life into all the, all the clan mechs and more omnipods. Um, cool event this weekend. Opportunity to get a new. Um, if you don't have one already, or if you just need the sea bills in the mech bay, um, we're going to give away a Cataphract 3D champion, bringing up, bringing back a classic. Um, awesome guys, looking forward to the next few patches. Um, hang in there. I know you guys want more content. You want it yesterday, and we'll keep talking about some of those other items. You know, those important subjects that keep popping up, like ghost heat and everything, and and maps, and keep working hard for everybody. Excellent. And a uh, quick reminder, this will be available up on our YouTube page at No Guts, No Galaxy TV, uh, either late tonight or early in the morning. And then uh, shortly following that, it'll be up on SoundCloud as well for anybody that was late or missed it. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here again. I want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there. Thank you so much for showing up, uh, asking questions and well, being very, very um, polite tonight we do appreciate that and of course again thank you to darren and russ and uh yeah we'll see you guys tomorrow for some more mech porn action right here at ngng tv with a little bit of beard and a whole lot of plaid all right guys have a great night until next time mech warriors